0: In the latest episode of Vamos Verde, we are going to talk to one of the most prolific goal scorers
1: in Major League Soccer history, Austin FC striker, Giazzi Artis. We also talked to some folks who have been bringing the soundtrack to Austin's nightlife for over 20 years and are now providing the soundtrack at Q2 Stadium, their official DJ collective, Peligrosa. That's the latest episode of Vamos Verde. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: From KUT and KUTX studios.
1: Hey there. You're listening to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week we'll be hearing the edited version of my interview with Israel Nash that we recorded live at Waterloo Records. But before we get started... I want to thank those of you who have sent me stories about your own life-changing musical experiences. You know who you are. We here at Team This Song, well, we're making a listener episode, and it's going to come out in late October, right before the new season of This Song starts, and we are still looking for submissions. So if you have a story about a song that changed your life, then please send it to us. You can record a voice memo on your phone and email it to this Song at KUTX.org we would love to hear from you. All right. Now, Israel Nash. He's a singer and a songwriter and a producer who lives in Dripping Springs, Texas. Dripping Springs is a small community right outside of Austin, Texas, where we here at Team This Song live. And it's so close that we claim Israel Nash as an Austin musician. And Israel Nash, he's really made himself part of our community. And his music it reflects like our shared experience specifically of the natural world. You see, Dripping Springs, it's part of what's called the hill country, which is the land like just west of Austin. Some of Austin actually kind of is hill country-esque. And it's this very specific, beautiful, and unique landscape. Like, like somewhere between the fertile land of the southeast and the desert, of the Southwest. There's this like mix of limestone and granite, rocks and cliffs. Ash junipers are everywhere. We call them cedars here. Live oaks are everywhere. There's prickly pear cactuses and wildflowers and yes, hills. It is called the hill country. It takes my breath away every time I drive through it or hike through it because it's so gorgeous in this very understated way, and the music that Israel Nash has been making ever since he moved to Texas, well, it sounds like the Hill Country. Like it makes me feel the way the Hill Country makes me feel. That's especially true on his latest record, Lifted, which we have been playing here a ton at KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast. I got to talk to Israel Nash live at Waterloo Records. And if you don't know about Waterloo Records, then please Google them because they are the coolest independent record store in the world. I mean, seriously, if you live in Austin or if you visit Austin, you should totally make a point of supporting them. And Israel, well, he told me about a song that inspired him to become like a songwriter in the first place.
0: So I was excited about this uh... Because you kind of go through the rolodex of songs that you've, you know, you've attached all these memories to, and that's the beauty of songs that they just, they, they start to become bigger than the song. You know, they, 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 they associate themselves in your life and with experience, and they just become so much larger. And um, I was thinking about a song that really shifted my entire life, and it was the song uh, by the Hollies, "Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress."
1: Okay, so Israel Nash, he did something no guest has ever done. He brought a guitar to the interview, which is one of the benefits of like a live show. And this guitar, like this specific guitar, it totally changed his life too.
0: This guitar was just in my mom's closet and uh, and it was missing a string and I had a chord, this chord book in it with a bunch of old folk songs. And I started playing guitar and it was only a few months, really. I kind of showed enough dedication that got me an electric guitar. But it was on this guitar that I was just learning those things that you kind of learn when you start playing guitar, and you just kind of learn these blues patterns, you know? You know, just, just stuff like that, just going through it. And so I could play that. So when that Holly song came on, and it's like... Yeah, I could do that. (laughs) You could do that all day. (laughs) The way that that song really shaped me was that reality that that's how you write songs that songs come from a history, come from a past, they're built on stuff. You know, and maybe it's harder to hear that if you're like, you know, listen to like Led Zeppelin or something, but it's always there through through rock and roll, it's built on these structures. And uh, so I think that was a turning point that I could play that song and realize that I could write songs. So, I, I mean, I was 12 years old and started trying to write songs. You know, I got this guitar, found this chord book, found simple chords, and then started playing that, heard that song, and was like, I can play that riff. And then I wrote this song called I'm Not Superman.
1: Can Um, you play that for us?
0: I'm not Superman. I'm not Superman. There I was, flying in the trees. Something like that. It was, it, it was still learning this this <laughs> lyrical balance, and you know, I think it was written for some a couple girls or something, you know, in fifth yeah. grade. It's where that's the muse of a lot of those songs always come from. So, but yeah, so it was just that time of of just discovery and just rapid like commitment, I think, and not even realizing. But it just changed everything. It was the only thing I wanted to do. Like sports were like, oh, forget that, you know. I think it it might have been, like, the first time in my life that I kind of, like, could say that I knew what I wanted about something, you know, like, beyond, you know, what you wanted for dinner or what, you know, class you wanted to take or your friends or where you want to go on vacation. It's something that seemed, like, just so life-altering decision, like, I know what I'm going to do.
1: Like, I know so what it, I want out of life.
0: Yeah, it just seemed like it gave a confidence, you know, and I think that's that's the confidence this is the thing you got to ride you know to the young artists it's gonna, yeah. it was just having that confidence to that i knew what i was going to do and then that it just altered my friendships you know like people that i would meet it suddenly the becomes the
1: center of everything right like music yeah. becomes kind i mean of it's this how nexus I'd, around yeah, everything like
0: exactly i chose everything around it you know yeah. where i was going to go to college it's like well my band's going to that town i mean i went i got a master's degree after that
1: what you had, you have a master's degree
0: i did what? Still, I was just trying to kill a bunch of time. It's like, man, because I had like clerked in these law firms for a couple summers, and and I was like, man, if I go to law school, I'm going to have to be a lawyer. you know. It's so what like, do you have a master's in? Political science and political philosophy.
1: Wow. But so that was all in Missouri, and at some point, you you go to college, you get your master's, and you decided to move to New York. And you'd been doing music the yeah. whole time, but it sounds like your move to New York was when things kind of shifted.
0: Yeah. I knew that I wanted to get out to get out of Missouri and go experience cities and meet my people. I think, you know,
1: was it hard to find your people in Missouri?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, like you, I mean, you have a band where it's like, Oh, that guy's this history major and he plays drums every once in a while. Or, you know, you just get sometimes these ragtag bands of great. I mean, great rock and roll stuff. I mean, great beer drinking, like great times, you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's. I think that you find people that are dedicated to. You, you find a lot of people that are gonna hang it up after college, and I knew that like no matter what, I even if I was getting this mastery, this is all I was doing, you know. So yeah. finding people that shared that kind of drive and, and vision for their for their lives.
1: his move to New York, Israel started releasing records and touring in Europe, and at some point found that he was doing music full time, and therefore he could really live anywhere he wanted to. He and his wife chose Dripping Springs right outside of Austin.
0: So we rented this house, and that's where I made rain plans, and that was another move, where a move just kind of, that chapter became a new shift in my life, just living in the country, maybe not realizing it, but how much I was connecting with that and how much I needed that as a, as a real, regular, consistent part of my life. That, and it's through that life, that through that living that the art comes from to me, you know? And so it's all, that's always shaped the sounds, is just me living, and I got closer to that, I think. in the hill country has just become a cornerstone of my life I mean my my daughter has just started kindergarten last week so crazy that's <laughs> um, all she knows is the hill country and you know my, my parents they live down the hill from me they moved from Missouri a few years ago Laura's parents live there part-time on the land so I mean it's really it really defines our life you know, it's so much so it can't be separated it's it's kind of the forever place too it's we're not going anywhere you know um so i i feel like this record was a point for me wanting to uh wanting to express and kind of the feelings i had been going through just kind of like finding finding some kind of realigning and finding purpose because I think that sometimes, as you play as you play music, and there can be a, a part of that path that's, you know, okay, you you sold you know two hundred tickets, and you sold that place, and now you got to sell five hundred tickets, and this show is so important, and and when you get caught up in that, because you slowly start to realize that well, the show's done, and you go to another show, and you you keep making albums. It's it's not one thing, you know. It's 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 a life of commitment and and working and making art, and 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 when we play music out, that's 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 how we like I was saying connect with people but it's also the way that I can come back to the ranch and write songs you know that I can go out into the world and, and do what I what I need to do and be able to come to the ranch and work for a year and and make a record and and have some time you know because it's not like you write 10 songs for an album in a day you know I mean it's it's such a well, what did I do today I don't even know you know this year what did, I mean I made an album you know is that doesn't mean that I I wrote, you know, a song every day or was working in the studio for eight hours just focused, you know, to the grindstone of making songs. It means that, like, letting a lot of things be pliable to the things around me, listening to stuff, reading things, you know, being out in nature, you know, seeing the beauty, being appreciative of some things, and seeing where that takes me, you know, and how that interjects and, and injects itself into music. And for this one, I was I was just kind of... fine going through that kind of journey of finding that purpose and realizing how pure it was and how much it hadn't changed since those early days of writing these songs where it's just as simple as just making music, you know and it's like there are a lot of other things behind it as you go on professionally but that is the beautiful core to be close to and so it was a a time to be close to that I keep seeing these reflections
1: Like I said before, "Lifted," Israel Nash's newest record, really captures the feeling of the hill country, which is something he was especially cognizant of when he was writing and recording the record.
0: So um, Taylor's over here; he's doing merch somewhere. He's he's always helping us, but he comes out of the studio, and um, for this whole album cycle, it's like the first. Kind of, I told him I, it's going to be a little. It's going to get crazy. We'll start doing some crazy things, and he comes out, and it's like, okay, we're making an album. The album art cover now, and if you've seen the cover, it's like, it's this massive piece of art that we put together. So it's like, oh, can you get on that ladder, Taylor? <laughs> I'm going to hang these balloons up there, <laughs> um, and then for this for this particular part, like Taylor was like, we're going to go out and we're going to record a bunch of sounds <laughs> all over the ranch. And uh, so I would just write all these lists of things I wanted to record, things that would make sound. And one of the big ones um, was something I'd want to do for a long time, which was recording the drums to the rain, the rain collection tank. And out in Dripping, we, have, we get our rain, our water from, from the roof, from the rain. And we store the rain in these tanks. And those tanks have the most killer reverb ever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I was just on top of there just hitting drums, and we would record them and record all these sounds, thunderstorms, frogs, you know, the crickets at night, um, anything that could be pitched, you know, like even like glasses with water and just airy things that could feel like they were part of the hill country and more specifically that place. And then we put them into a big, you know, MIDI board. So you'd hit a note and you would get these sounds. And that was, that was what I, so that became the create part of the crazy table The idea being that i had this table of surprises the guys didn't know this stuff was there was going to be there but then they come over and hit a note and something happens and that just triggers and shifts that moment and oh that was cool and someone it it inspires you know eric on pedal steel to maybe go in a place that he wouldn't go and then you get that collection of that and that's the beauty of making records and finding that inspiration and In the room, and sometimes you've got to be that invisible hand as a producer to set these kind of scenarios up, you know. And I think it it was so, it was partially kind of trying to produce that and and take that in consideration, but but sonically, it was to have those textures that were just a mirror of the hill country.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's a lot about. Finding inspiration because if you're writing songs all the time, like it's, it, you have to be constantly yeah, inspired. You
0: do, and it's like you know because you get tired of playing a G and a C chord, and then and then it, sometimes it, it hits you because what I was saying about the Holly song and that riff, you know, that it's just that it comes from something in the past, and it's and that's the beauty that also happens with production is that it takes what is familiar and makes it something new you know that it that the same chords you know f- through a leslie with a different tempo and this you know crazy three-part harmony drowned and verb doesn't sound like that anymore just trying things at, at different ways and not getting used and stuck to one thing Of like i got to do it just like this because like I was saying again that you just it's going to be a career of continually making music and that's a beautiful thing and having the studio has also changed that perspective of me of like what making a record is where it used to be okay we got to do all these things to make this one record and now it's starting to shift where it's I can just continually be writing and recording in these ways that it's like always making an album like you can have a continuous
1: body of work that you're just constantly working on and it was something
0: that I that I saw over time where I you know read about you know Prince or Neil Young are these like these old vaults and like oh this unreleased you know how does that happen you know and just just starts being in a chapter of my life to see how that happens where it's like I can just keep recording you know
1: well it's nice that you have a place you can you can go far and wide and get your inspiration your experiences but you know that you have a place to go back to where you can kind of return to that 12 year old state of like this is me this is who I am this is what I do and this is what I want to do yep so that's great that's it Well, Israel Nash, thank you so much. Thank you. And this is Rolling On from Israel Nash's latest record, Lifted. He is touring behind this record, like a huge forever tour, which makes me tired just looking at it, which means he's probably going to be near you at some point. You can find a link to his tour dates on the show notes page for this episode at KUTX.org or on the notes section of the podcast app. And man, I had so much fun talking to him for this podcast. We talked for close to an hour and like, I wish you could hear our entire conversation because there was so much good stuff. Wait a second. You can listen to the entire interview because we recorded it on Facebook Live and it lives on the KUTX Facebook page. I'll post a link to that in the show notes as well. It's a great interview. You'll learn even more about Israel Nash. And if you want to do an even deeper dive... Well, he's played our live performance studio here at the station, Studio 1A, and he's done a guest DJ set as part of our My KUTX series, and you can find links to those on the show notes page as well, along with a Spotify playlist where you can listen to all the songs we referenced in this podcast all the way through. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of this song, This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This interview was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Congratulations to Kelly Seal, who used to be our excellent intern, but just got an excellent new job. We can't wait to see what the future brings for you, Kelly. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.